You are listening to the Ortho Idea Podcast, where we bring you the newest trends in orthopedic technology. Tune in for engaging interviews with medical device executives, surgeons, and surprise special guests discussing new disruptive technology in the marketplace. Here is your host, Eric Anderson. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into the Ortho Idea Podcast. My name is Eric Anderson, and I'll be your host today. And this episode is powered by Medical Sales RX. It's the only online platform where you can learn about medical sales and have yourself, not only your career, but your community. So today we have on the podcast, Stu Brandon, who is a change agent at ASCDX, also leads Rep Freedom and is president of Brandon Orthopedics and has a vast experience within the orthopedic world. And we asked him to come on today, and we wanted to talk about several different subjects. And so without further ado, Stu, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Eric. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. Thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on. And I know you and I have been talking about several different things. And as we move along through the different iterations of the orthopedic industry, and we're seeing how things are going at this point in time, if you could tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you're doing at this point in time. Yeah. So just to give you a brief background, I started right out of college in medical device sales. I was with Depew for 21 years, then spent a few years with DJO Surgical. And then, oh, I don't know how many years ago, it was about five years ago or so, myself and a couple other guys, we decided to join forces. And as we were doing that, what we found was that number one, there's more opportunity, as you know, with smaller companies than the large companies for various reasons. However, smaller companies, even to this point, although they're being more widely accepted than they were obviously 10, 15 years ago, it's still not to the point where everybody accepts them. And what we realized was you need more than one company. You need a large product portfolio to be able to offer people the solutions that they want. And so we quickly realized that to be able to do this effectively, we needed to be like an insurance broker rather than a all-state agent, where we would be able to offer a portfolio of products and find the best fit you know, we'll just use hip and knee as an example for our individual surgeon customer because all companies' products, whether it's trauma, total joints, et cetera, there's a look and feel to them that is distinct and more so for total knees than total hips. But I think that the people listening will understand that. So basically, we've made this kind of evolution to be device brokers and to find solutions that our surgeons want and to be able to be competitive in today's market. Well, it's very interesting that you have the title or term medical device broker. Because like you said, in so many different industries, the broker is an integral part of that industry. And they're able to find the customer the solution that they need. Why do you think that medical device or let's, you know, all medical device or or orthopedics, they have shied away from that title slash position within the industry? Yeah. Well, my feeling on that is it's gradually changing, but within orthopedics specifically, it's overall a slow moving market. And the large companies have a lot of products to treat a lot of different issues that surgeons have from, you know, primary 
total joints all the way to revision. However, what we have found is that really there's not one company that can suit most surgeons' needs. Even if they have a product for that, there's a lot of surgeons out there that do not love every product. And so they're using multiple companies for a lot of stuff anyway. And so we thought, hey, why not just provide several different options for them? But as far as accepting it, that goes back to their training. You know, 20 years ago, as an example, if you went to a large institution like Rush, Rush was mainly all Zimmer Biomet, actually Zimmer at the time, but it's no longer that way. There's a lot of companies in there. So more and more surgeons these days are seeing a lot of different companies, some large, some small companies used in their training. And so I think that that is ultimately increasing the acceptance rate of smaller companies. Gotcha. And I would imagine, I mean, we, we both, I think we've spoken about this before in the past, obviously the research and development with the large companies went away at some point, I would say probably about 12, 15 years ago, maybe even more. And they took on the strategy that they're going to have smaller companies build a business and then look to acquire them. And uh, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. And it's so the proliferation of all these small companies, they're everywhere now, which is great for independent, you know, representatives and for medical device brokers like yourself. It's phenomenal. I know you had mentioned at the top about rep freedom. If you could tell us a little bit about rep freedom and how this kind of, how it all kind of ties together. Yeah. So for us, again, when we were with the big company making the transition there and then making a second transition, it became very obvious to us that non-competes are a real issue in our industry. And just through the headache of dealing with that, we came to a decision that, you know what, I'm never, ever signing a non-compete again. And that is true for me. I have not had a non-compete for the last, I think, five years, I think it is, maybe four or five years, I forget. And I have- Right now, I can tell you, I can tell you right now, Stu, sorry to interrupt you, but I can tell you right now, there are people listening to this podcast that are going, what did he just say? Did he just- because it's in our, you're right. It's the culture and of our industry to sign those. And it's, sorry to interrupt you, but I just, I had to, you know, stop because people are going, wait a minute. Did he really just say no. that? No, that is absolutely correct. And I mean, I will give you an example. We had a troke nail that we looked at and I wanted to pick it up. This company would not go forward without me signing a non-compete. And I just, we walked away from it because that's how strongly we feel about non-competes is that we're not going to sign one. Because I have lived through navigating through two non-competes. And one of the times it was said to me, oh, nothing, you know, it's the contract. We have to do it, blah, blah, blah. You know, nobody's going to sue you. Well, (laughs) when things didn't go the way that they wanted, then they had a mechanism in place from a contract to, you know, to kind of go after me. And so I was naive. And so rep freedom at its heart is we want to help people who are in our industry and extremely frustrated. And there's a lot of people out there in our industry frustrated, as you know, but there's still a lot of people that love the industry, but they're just frustrated with their current situation. Sure. And a big part of that is, you know, as I was talking with someone yesterday, is just having a non-compete. 
automatically sets up that relationship between, you know, a 1099 and a company or a W-2 and the company in a way where there's not a lot of trust. Mm-hmm. Because if you have that dangling over you, literally the way the contracts are written, they could take your commission almost down to nothing and you don't have a choice. If you chose to leave and pursue something else, you still have a non-compete over your head. So I think that there's a ton of people out there who do love our industry, but are frustrated. And we want to take our experience, you know, going from a large company to a small company or smaller companies and help through, you know, our experience, the tough lessons that we have learned, because I don't want anybody to have to go through what we have gone through and what I've gone through personally. It's just, I think it's ridiculous that, you know, in this day and age that companies are allowed to act that way to certain reps and, you know, just kind of hold that over them. So navigating through a non-compete and getting to a life that you would love in orthopedics. And along with that, Eric, is I believe the majority of people are 1099s in our industry, right? Majority, yeah. So with their big, with, big with that being said, yeah, with that being said, they don't feel like 1099s because if I'm an independent contractor, I should be able to pursue the business I want where I want. Mm-hmm. But if I have quota, well, I have to just do it, you know, just try and increase sales so I hit quota. Or risk being terminated, and then I'd still have to worry about my non-compete, right? But I truly believe that if we're 1099s, we're independent contractors, we should have the ability to pursue the business with who we want, where we want, and to carry the products that we want. Very well said. Yep, absolutely. And it's, like I said before, I think (laughs) if you're working for a big orthopedic company right now, and you've signed one of those non-competes, and you just heard what you said about, wait a minute, I haven't signed one in five years it's a breath of fresh air. I mean, because, and I do think as I look at this landscape and I hear about different things, I think in five years, there won't be non-competes. I just don't think that the, now they'll have agreements that will try and supersede a non-compete, but I don't think the culture is changing. Right. That's another thing too, is the reality on the legal side of that is If you don't have a non-compete, there's still probably something in their contract that if these large companies want to make your life miserable by spending a lot of money, they can force you to spend money to defend yourself. And the reality is, is I've gotten over the years several letters from big law firms representing a company, basically listing out all these things that I have done wrong and of which, you know, not true, the vast majority of it. and you know, that's just step one. And I mean, the reality is for anybody out there who's thinking about making a move is I'll tell you that can be scary. However, staying where you are could be scary too, if you don't like your situation. Yeah. And what's refreshing is you've navigated these different avenues and you've navigated through these different things with the non-compete. So I think if people are interested, they should definitely contact you because you can be definitely a valuable asset. And if they're thinking to make that change. Which, and I can say, Eric, that is universally the number one question mm-hmm. that people ask me. How do you do it? How do you transition out? I have a non-compete. Yeah. Yeah. I get that a lot as well. And what the large orthopedic companies have done, which is kind of interesting is, and it's not a blanket statement by any means, but 
you'll go to work for one of the larger orthopedic companies and they'll or larger medical device companies and they'll write a non-compete that covers every product that they manufacture, which mm-hmm. is obviously can't hold up, but it costs quite a bit of money to go and fight that. So that's they have that advantage, which is interesting. Right. Right. Well, there's a couple tactics that I see happening right now within orthopedics. Number one is that is it is you have a 1099 independent contractor. I was talking with a rep last week about this. He works for one of the big four and he carries some side products because it's not competitive to anything that that company has. However, mm-hmm. the parent company has, I should say. Yep. And but he's still a 1099 and he can't carry those products, but that company's not allowing him to carry those products either. So that's kind of a tricky situation if it is some product line that he wanted to pursue. The other thing that I see a big trend towards with the large manufacturers is creating these mega teams and having, you know, 20 reps on a team. I don't know if you're seeing this in Florida. Yeah, we are seeing that. Yeah. And I don't know this for sure, Eric, but I believe the strategy behind that is if you make a team of 20 reps, all of a sudden, and there's revenue sharing on some part, that expands your non-compete greatly because even if you never go to this hospital, you know, two or three hours away from you, but they're quote unquote on your team, you Uh, may be getting a percentage of that revenue, which means you can't go there. Gotcha. Interesting. You're probably exactly right. At first swipe, you think, oh, well, this is all service. This is all about service, but you're right. It's also a very well-placed tool in order to have them have control. Right. And I don't want to turn this into a big, big company bashing session by any means, because I too genuinely believe that there are reps out there that are best suited for working for the large companies. Sure. Sure. For various reasons. And we don't need to go into that. For me, that wasn't a fit. And I think for people that it's not a fit, they should have a easier way to kind of create the business and the career that they want. Absolutely. And very well said. There is, you know, big companies have positions that are all over the country and, you know, there's mobility within that. And there's a lot of different perks. There really is. It's just kind of what your personality, what you want to do. Correct. Well, and so in respect to obviously you're on the independent side and all the different things that you're doing, one of the things that I really wanted to bring you on and talk about is masterminds. And now for the, you know, the big reveal here, Medical Sales RX, which is something myself and Matthew Ray Scott, who several people will probably recognize that name who are listening to the podcast. But if you don't, all you need to do is go on LinkedIn and put in Matthew Ray Scott. You can see his profile and follow his content. Huge content provider on LinkedIn. And I try to do the same as well as Stu. Stu is on LinkedIn quite a bit, providing fantastic content. You know, we got together with Stu because of Stu's experience with masterminds. And I alluded to it earlier, the big reveal is Stu is going to be the point person for Medical Sales Rx masterminds, which we are going to, in conjunction with the online platform, start this. I teased it a little bit on LinkedIn, and we had a ton of interest. So I said, well, why don't we bring the expert on the Ortho Idea podcast and let Stu talk about masterminds and his experience and you know, what his involvement has been. So if you could talk a little bit about masterminds, that'd be great. 
Absolutely, Eric. And first of all, I'm extremely excited to do this. As you and I talked, I think the first time we actually talked was a couple years ago. And masterminds was something that we were talking about. And it's something that I'm passionate about. I personally was part of a mastermind group. Aaron Walker from Nashville, Tennessee, started Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind Group, and he had experience with it as well. And so I'm extremely excited about being part of that. And to get back to you and I had talked about it, and this has been something that is going through my mind, thinking that, you know what? Our industry really needs this because for myself personally, as I was going through one of my transitions is when I found out about Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind. And for myself personally, going through that stressful time as well as professionally, being in as a distributor for the first time that was such an invaluable part of my transition and I would not be where I am today. Was it not for being part of that for five years? And I cannot say enough about masterminds from my personal experience is it is a phenomenal resource. If you have the right committed people in your group. Absolutely. Well, and I have not been a part of masterminds, but I've studied them for quite a long time and talked to people who have been in masterminds and they echo exactly what you just said. It's a community of like-minded individuals and Mm -hmm. you're able to bounce things off of them and get like your own board of directors, your personal board of directors. And I think you mentioned that to me. And so I coined that quickly, as you can see, that's exciting. And in medical sales, you know, and maybe you could talk a little bit about this, but it's just like, I think it's our culture within our industry that there's not a lot of kumbaya. (laughs) Let's talk and discuss how we can help each other. Doesn't seem to be part of what we do. You're absolutely correct. And I think part of that is, you know, just the corporate culture. I mean, From the large company standpoint, and even some of the smaller companies, it's all about them and their product. And so they, you go through a, you know, a brainwashing of sorts on product knowledge when the reality is, is there's a lot of great products out there. You know, every product is FDA approved. Now, obviously that doesn't mean that every product is a necessarily a great product, but my point is, is that there truly are a lot of great products out there. And so on one hand, it's not necessarily the product, but yet our company is very one-sided on us promoting that, only promoting that. And I think what the benefit within a mastermind group would be is it can be very difficult for someone in our industry to go to their, you know, whether it's their team leader or whether it is, you know, their distributor, their manager, you know, regional manager, whoever it is, and really ask for unbiased advice on things. Yeah. Because everything that they ask will be a biased answer towards how it helps the company and how it helps the distributor or the manager. And that to me is the biggest advantage of getting a mastermind group, getting a group where you have people that you come together with, you commit to making each other better, but you're going in it and you don't have a vested interest in, you know, John Smith in wherever in Wyoming. If he's in your group, 
you really have no connectivity to them beforehand. You're going to have common interests, obviously, being in our industry. Yep. But if we can help each other and we don't have a bias because we want you to succeed because it's going to help me to succeed, if you take that out of the equation, you're going to get unfiltered perspective from people that can help you a lot. Yeah. And that's invaluable. I mean, to be able to you know, come together, whether it's twice a month or something like that, and bounce questions off each other and just learn from all people from all different walks of life and all different types of medical sales and medical device sales. I think that's key. And I know we've, you know, not to let too much out, but, you know, on this podcast, but, you know, we've talked about different mastermind groups that one that involves medical salespeople, maybe possibly another one that involves, you know, device, you know, distributors, and also another mastermind group separate from all that, you know, maybe these are startup companies and these are CEOs, VPs, and other higher level executives in these different startups, small startups, and they want to have a mastermind group. So we've, I guess I've teased it quite a bit here, but I'll let you talk now. (laughs) Right. No, there's absolutely room for everything because everybody is in a different stage in their career. I mean, let's just take the rep side as you talked about. And I touched on it a little bit ago is I look back and I was a rep, but for years I'd go to meetings and I kind of you know sat in the back and I was quiet because truthfully, there were things that were being said that I had no idea what was being said. Sure. And I couldn't go to anybody because I would have been embarrassed because, Stu, you should have known that. I mean, come on, how long you been doing this? Just right, type things. Right. So just even that, but just little things like that is if you are in a group, you can be open and transparent and everybody is there to help each other out. You know, if you have eight, 10 guys committed to doing that, really what you're going to find is everybody has those type moments that I had. It's just not everybody doing the same thing. Sure. Even on the rep side, just the ability to bounce around, you know, problems that they're having, you know, creative ways to do something or dealing with how do you guys deal with you know, a distributor, this or that, or, or regional people, quota, just practical things, having your own personal board of directors to help make you better. And so then you go to another level, whether it's distributors or C-suite people from smaller med device companies, mm-hmm. you know, it's no different once you go. I've been doing this almost 30 years and there's still stuff I need help with. Yeah, I'm never going to get to the point where I don't need to bounce stuff off other people. Right. I needed to bounce something off somebody two hours ago. And so I called a guy who I know extremely well and said, hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And his reply back to me goes, not a good move. Wouldn't do that. I'm like, "Okay, I see what you're saying. Thank you. I appreciate that. Right. And I'm willing to bet that that person did not have a vested interest in it. He not was a bit. Exactly. non-biased counsel who you know who gave you that. And so even that is if you have a consistent group of people that meet consistently, you know, whether that's weekly, bi-weekly or monthly, it has to be frequently enough that it's not like getting to know each other every time. But also you need to have that consistency so that there's you know, harmony within the group. There's really people really basically looking, looking forward to their meeting, you know, this week, because I get to see Eric, I get to see, you know, whoever, and it's all about, okay, how can I help you today, Eric? 
Sure. Yeah. And I think groups like this, I wish, well, I'm glad that we're going to be able to do this because I think it can help a lot of people. Well, even Eric, I mean, you and I have had numerous talks over the past two years. Yeah. We have recorded some of them and put them out for content, just talking through some stuff. But that's only a tip of the iceberg of what we have. And that is the cool thing that LinkedIn has kind of, you know, orthopedics on LinkedIn. There's a lot, anybody in orthopedics, we're interacting on some level, whether it's people just consuming, whether it's people commenting, or whether it's people posting, consuming, and commenting. But I really do believe there is a group out there that would really love consistent interaction with a group of people who are curious about how do I improve my medical sales game? Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. And I know that to be a fact, because when I talked a little bit about masterminds being a part of medical sales RX, I had several people reach out and say, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in several. And I was pretty amazed by the number of people who reached out, which It didn't surprise me just because of our industry and like we had talked about before, how we're kind of culturally all out out on an island Mm -hmm. and that's unique to our industry. Right. And back to it is like, let's say you had 10 guys within one company or 10 reps within one company and they wanted to get together and do the same thing. Is it possible? Yes. Mm -hmm. Are you going to have the same type of results that you would if you, you know, spread it out across the country and, you know, met virtually? And, you know, I think there's tremendous advantage that not everybody's in the same situation with the same company because, you know, what some salespeople have gone through with one company, other salespeople are just starting to go through it with another one. And so how can you help each other out if you're all kind of going through the same thing at the same time? I think that is extremely well said and people have different life experiences and they can bring those experiences to the group. And it really, you know, somebody's always going to have an answer for a question that you might have, which is great. Correct. That's one of the things that I thought is, you know, what am I going to offer to the group? Well, what I found is that what I had to offer was what certain people needed to hear and what I needed other people in the group stepped up and, you know, said, Stu, you know, I'm going to respectfully call bullcrap on that. (laughs) I think that's just an excuse, you know, whatever I was going through, which that is the other thing is, you know, sometimes if you're with people that care about you, whether it's a teammate, they want the best for you. And it's harder to say, you know, unfiltered that, you know what, Eric, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard because of this, 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 and this. Right, right. (laughs) Where your wife or your best friend may say, yeah, go for it. I think it's a great idea. And then kind of cringing like, I hope it works out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I know exactly. I'm laughing because I know exactly what you mean. Yes. And so we all need those people in our life that will speak honestly to us, not in a way to tear us down, but to give us the truth that we actually need to hear. And the great thing about that is that if there's, you know, let's just say there's eight to 10 people in your group, I could hear something that you say and, you know, say, uh, Eric, I think that's the worst idea in the world for these reasons. And then someone else could say, Stu, this isn't what you're thinking about though. If you take what Eric says, tweak it this way, then that, I mean, having done that, I've seen similar things to that where I'm like, oh, 
I didn't think about that when I answered it. So therefore, the original idea that you had maybe wasn't quite there, but I was way off base in what I was thinking. But then other people jumped in and said, yes, but if you just tweak this or that, look at it a different way, I think Eric's on to something. Yeah. And it's just different perspectives and different life experiences that mold and shape that thought process. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, Stu, and, and talking about masterminds. And obviously you being the, I just, I'm coining this now, CMMO, the Chief Mastermind Officer at <laughs> Sales RX. That's going to be your new title, CMMO. We're really excited about it. And just from your experiences and your vast knowledge of masterminds, you're going to be such a, a valuable team member with us. So thank you very much for agreeing to do this within Medical Sales RX. We really, we're excited to have you on the team. Oh, 100%. I could not be more excited to do this because, again, as I mentioned to you, this is something that's been rattling around in my head. Like, how do I pursue this as part of what we're doing? Because I think it's something that is very needed in our industry. We all need a personal board of directors. As you said earlier, we all need those people that we can go to that will give us the unfiltered truth from their perspective. And that I would do the same for them and that we are 100% committed to helping each other out. And the interesting thing that I found from being in a group was you start not as friends. You start coming in as a dedication that I'm here to help you as they are to help me. And friendships do form out of that. And it is pretty amazing to me just the way that that happens and It shouldn't surprise me, but it's still amazing how it happened that, you know what, if I look back at it, that portion of my life was so influential in what I'm doing now compared to what I was doing 10 years ago. And I'm so much more prepared to be in the position I am and in the point of career that I am to kind of tackle the things that we're trying to tackle. And I can tell you, without my mastermind group, I wouldn't be doing stuff on social media. I wouldn't be pursuing business in multiple states. I wouldn't be doing a lot of things, but they really helped me to rethink, you know, what is my actual situation? You know, what changes do I need to make in my life to position myself to be where I want to be? And that's the other thing, Eric, is, you know, part of, you know, having rep freedom for someone is creating the picture that you want in your mind, your career to be. And I believe that we should all have the freedom to pursue the career that we want. And the career that I want is not the same as the career Eric Anderson wants. I'm sure there's some similarities in there, sure, but yours is different than mine. And shouldn't we be able to pursue what we want and what a business is that we want? Absolutely. And I can tell you that masterminds for myself personally, this is a shameless plug, (laughs) have been so influential in getting my thinking to where it is now. Well, I think you've just said it all right there. And that's really, if just people listening right now, you know, Medical Sales Rx is going to, we're going to here be teasing some webinars. We're going to be doing some different things within the platform. And then masterminds will be a part of that in the future. And What Stu just said, just put the cherry on top perfectly. So if you're interested in Medical Sales Rx and the Medical Sales Rx Masterminds, I invite you to, there'll be some webinars that are going to be coming here in the next couple of weeks. And we look to have a full launch here this summer of the platform. 
And again, I just want to thank you, Stu, for coming on. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule, discussing masterminds and all the exciting things that you're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely, Eric. I appreciate the time to talk about masterminds, but talk about our industry in general. Again, I know that there's a lot of guys out there frustrated with where they are, but still love the industry. And I think a mastermind group could help those guys get perspective on what is real and what isn't real about their situation. I wholeheartedly agree. So I appreciate so much you coming on and discussing this. And like we said, this episode was powered by MedicalSalesRx.com. And stay tuned on LinkedIn for some opportunities to learn more about Medical Sales RX. And again, thanks, Stu. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Eric. Thank you for tuning in to the Ortho Idea Podcast. If you would like to learn more about the technologies discussed, please visit www.orthoidea.com.